Hello and welcome to the Thriller Vault podcast. Today we've got part two of Slumdog Escape, which is a story by myself, Luke Richardson, hello, and Stephen Moore. I'm narrating it for you today. Last week we had part one, so if you haven't watched that yet, go and do that before you watch this, otherwise it won't make any sense. And by the way, whilst you're here, please like, please subscribe, and please share. Let's get into it. Kayla. Kayla stepped inside and looked around. A dozen ceiling fans turned lazily. Large mirrors adorned the walls. A waiter in a red jacket hurried towards her. The smell of spices hung thick in the heavy air. Welcome to Leopold's, the waiter said without smiling. Kayla glanced around for an empty table. Not a chance. Leopold's was a must-visit venue on any traveller's Mumbai itinerary since the brilliant yet controversial book Shantaram stormed to fame almost two decades ago. Kayla had read the epic tale of crime and love and loyalty set in the wild streets of Mumbai and for years had been eager to come here herself and see how accurate the story was. With no tables available, Kayla, naturally shy and happiest in her own company, turned to leave. Miss, miss, please sit there, the waiter barked, pointing her towards a spare seat at a table of rowdy tourists. Kayla looked from the table to the snarling traffic beyond the door. She could come back later when, you want seat or no, the waiter snarled. Sure, Kayla said, crossing towards the table. She was here, so she might as well do it. Do you mind if I join you? Come, sit down, grab a beer said one of the girls at the table. Yeah, join us, yelled a tall man with a baseball cap. He might as well have had the stars and stripes draped around his shoulders. Kayla hesitated again. She didn't want to leave, nor did she want to appear ungrateful. She took a subtle deep breath and introduced herself to the table. Thanks, Kayla muttered, dropping into the hard wooden seat. I'm Kayla, I'm from Sydney. What's up? Kayla from Sydney, parroted the American. I'm Bryant from Texas. The others around the table introduced themselves too. The waiter thumped an icy bottle of Kingfisher beer in front of Kayla. Within a minute, Kayla was fielding all the questions backpackers live by. Why are you here? Where did you arrive from? Where are you going next? Have you got any hash? Kayla only knew the answers to half of these questions. I'm just happy to be here, she told Rolf, an older Swiss guy with a red bandana looped around his neck. We've been here a few weeks now, said Paula, a large Welsh girl whose sunburned cheeks did more than hint at her Celtic heritage. We're almost locals. How are you enjoying Mumbai? Kayla asked, settling into the conversation. It's amazing here. Beer is cheap, girls are even cheaper said Carlito, a young Mexican backpacker. The Mexican winked, stood up and then invited himself to sit with a group of young women at another table. Rolf shrugged, rolling his eyes. Don't worry, he never succeeds. How are you finding the poverty and all the beggars? asked the sole Canadian among them, Kendra. Her grimace did nothing to hide how she felt about it all. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Kayla said, instantly reminded of Rahul just a few minutes before. It just just makes me feel so, so powerless. Yeah, it's tough for sure, 
declared Bryant, Kendra's boyfriend. Most of these guys have nothing, he said, pointing out into the street. Kayla turned and saw Rahul still there, his cupped hands outstretched. Her soul ached with the desire to do more to help. Ooh, man, they're so dirty, Kendra crowed. There's just got to be more we can do, Kayla said, her stare hardening. My dad says it's wrong to give money to beggars, Bryant said, almost shouting. The chatter around the table fell silent. He says they're just lazy and that it doesn't help. They've become dependent on it rather than trying to better themselves. Bryant stared at Kayla through hazy eyes. Kayla glanced back at Rahul, just in time to see him look one way and then the other. I think your dad's right, Kendra said. How will they ever improve things for themselves if they just beg all the time? Kayla glanced between the faces of her drinking partners. Glowing smiles of welcome had now become the hard stares of drunken righteousness. Kayla didn't know whether it was a good or bad thing to give these starving street kids money, but to dismiss it so flippantly was certainly out of order. Rolf ordered another round of beers, and the conversation gradually resumed at the table. Hey Kayla, we're going out to Elephanta tomorrow. Do you want to come? said Warren, an oversized Aussie with a military-style haircut. We'll get dinner and drinks after, and maybe you and I could, you know? He winked. A commotion at the door drew Kayla's attention. Rahul darted away down the street and was followed a moment later by a large Indian man. The man shouted something at Rahul and then gave chase. There's always something we can do, Kayla muttered, rising to her feet with the speed of a jack-in-a-box. Yeah, we can, girl, Warren said, looking as though he couldn't quite believe his luck. No, no, not that, definitely not that, Kayla said. I've got to go. She dumped a note on the table. She rushed out into the street just in time to see the big man push his way through a crowd of people, shoving two of them to the floor. Kayla glanced back at the tourists, who had already resumed conversation. Maybe Kayla was new here. Maybe she didn't know how things worked in India. But she knew when something was wrong. Kayla set off at a sprint after the man. She darted around a group of people by jumping in the road. A truck sounded its horn and Kayla leapt out of the way an instant before being crushed. She reached a junction and stopped, her sneakers sliding over wet cobbles. No! No! Kayla spun at the sound of a child crying out. Her eyes panned one way, then the other, searching for the source of the yelling. The evening was wearing on and the usually bustling streets of Calaba were quietening down. A few groups of people gathered outside cafes, several couples strolled arm in arm, street food vendors went about their business. Did no one else hear that child calling out? Did I hear it wrong? Kayla whispered to herself. If it were a child's cry, Kayla knew, either no one had heard it or they simply didn't care. No! Ah! came the cry again. This time there was no mistaking it. Kayla's eyes followed the high-pitched and desperate scream. A hundred feet down the side street, she saw movement. Kayla's eyes locked on two men who were partly obscured by a filthy truck which was stopped at the side of the street. Kayla ran towards the scene. Quick, quick, help me! 
Michaela yelled to a street vendor as she raced towards the movement. A capable sportswoman, Kayla covered the uneven ground quickly, but not quickly enough. When she was still 50 yards away, she saw a large man pull a boy around to the rear of the truck. Without a doubt in her mind, Kayla knew that it was Rahul. A smaller man flung open the rear of the truck and the big man tossed Rahul inside. In the gloom of the truck's interior, Kayla saw Rahul's beaten up face. His expression was one of sheer terror. The man slammed the truck's doors and then got into the cab. The engine growled to life and the truck pulled away. Kayla powered on towards the vehicle. With many years of surfing and taekwondo behind her, Kayla closed the distance in just a few seconds. Stop! Kayla yelled, slamming her hands on the truck's side. Her fingers clawed at the metal, trying to get hold of something. She noticed the words, Bats of Bombay, printed on the rusting metal. No, no, stop! Kayla shouted again, hammering against the dented metal. Stop now! Someone! Help! Tires screeched and spun, kicking up grit and dust. The engine roared and the vehicle shot forwards. The movement knocked Kayla off balance and she sprawled to the ground. The truck accelerated ahead and then turned a corner, two wheels completely leaving the asphalt. Kayla struggled back onto her feet and looked around frantically. She expected to see other people racing to help, but no one came. The image of Rahul's terrified expression flashed through Kayla's mind. Then a drunken voice overtook her memory. Don't help anyone unless they help themselves. No way, Kayla said into the night. If something's wrong, then it's wrong. She made a split-second decision and set off at a sprint. She reached the corner in time to see the truck swing around two parked cars. Though it was late and the area was quiet, Kayla hoped that the roads were busy enough for her to catch up. She raced on, driven by her inner sense of injustice. No one else was helping, so she needed to. Up ahead, the truck's one functioning brake light flashed. It was slowing. Kayla gritted her teeth and pushed harder. Her feet pounded relentlessly across uneven ground. Kayla's hopes rose as she closed in on the truck. Then, the truck reached an open stretch of road and accelerated away, suddenly disappearing from her view. Kayla slid to a stop crouched to her haunches and exhaled. The heavily polluted air burned her throat. Kayla spun around. She figured that she was now somewhere in the narrow street near Kalaba Market. Several sets of eyes watched her from dark doorways and makeshift shelters. A pack of dogs sniffed around discarded food wrappers, starved just like the street kids. No one was interested. No one cared. Kayla's fists clenched as rage overtook her. Her mind spun through what might happen to Rahul and none of the scenarios were good. Miss, you want tuk-tuk? Kayla turned to see a grinning face behind the wheel of a yellow and black tuk-tuk. There were thousands of the converted three-wheeled motorcycle taxis in Mumbai and they were the perfect way to navigate the city. Miss, tuk-tuk, the driver said again. Yes, Kayla shouted, jumping in the back. That way, and fast. The tuk-tuk driver pulled back on the throttle and the small vehicle shot forwards. 
Kayla was almost thrown from the seat. She grabbed hold of the frame, clinging on as tightly as possible. The buildings either side of the road merged into a blur as they picked up speed. The small engine grumbled and then howled. They swerved to the left, driving in the direction of the Narriman Point district. The tuk-tuk skirted a wheelless truck sitting up on bricks and three men squatting around a small fire. Kayla clung on tighter as they took another corner and then suddenly emerged onto the wide expanse of Marine Drive. The calm waters of Back Bay glistened beneath the moon. There were more people out here, enjoying the cooler air after another stifling, humid day. There was more traffic too. Kayla searched for the truck with bats of Bombay printed on its doors. Her heart climbed into her throat. The vibrations from the tuk-tuk rattled her bones. The tuk-tuk driver tore back on the throttle and powered past the truck. The deep throng of the truck's horn bellowed just inches from Kayla's ear. There, Kayla shouted, bats of Bombay, you see it? She leant forwards and pointed at the truck as it skidded across an intersection, barely missing a taxi coming the other way. The tuk-tuk was just 200 feet behind now. The tuk-tuk driver pulled over into the opposite lane to pass two buses parked side by side. Horns cried and Kayla's stomach turned to iron. They missed an oncoming truck by inches. Kayla gripped tight as the tuk-tuk swung left and then right, this time narrowly avoiding a wandering cow. OK, OK, slow down, she yelled as they got within 50 feet of the truck. Kayla didn't think the men knew she was on their tail, and right now, following them to their destination made more sense. The truck swerved left and then turned off Marine Drive. This road was smaller and darker. Tall buildings stood on either side, blocking out the glow from the polluted sky. The road was quieter too. The tuk-tuk driver closed the distance quickly. The truck growled on, picking up speed. The tall buildings were now replaced by low, boxy, concrete buildings surrounded by shacks. Kerosene lamps glittered through open doors of the huts as residents settled down for the evening. The truck shrieked to a stop and then turned into a dark and narrow back street. The tuk-tuk squealed to a stop too pausing at the mouth of the back street. The city was suddenly silent. The tuk-tuk's engine pattered. Further down the back street, something creaked and then clanged. Kayla stared hard, but couldn't see anything in the darkness. The tuk-tuk driver turned the handlebars and the weak headlight illuminated the first dozen feet of the road. Stained metal shutters lined both sides. Overflowing dumpsters allowed just enough room for one vehicle to pass. OK, go, Kayla yelled, tapping the driver on the back. Go down there. Miss, what are you doing? The driver pulled the tuk-tuk down the narrow road. The small vehicle bounced violently from side to side. This street, plenty dangerous. Plenty bad people in Mumbai. I'm doing what's right, Kayla muttered. Wait, slow down, slow down, stop here. The tuk-tuk's thin tyres crunched to a stop on the unpaved road. Litter gusted in the breeze. There wasn't anyone around. Even the street dogs seemed to be avoiding this area. Not good place, miss, the driver said, looking at Kayla with concern. Need to go. We should not be here. Kayla didn't hear. 
She was focused on the truck, which had just materialised from the gloom. Squinting, she could just read the words printed on the vehicle's rear doors. Bats of Bombay. Kayla handed the tuk-tuk driver a bundle of rupees. His eyes lit up. The amount was probably a week's wages. Not stay here, miss, he said. Bad area. Should go. You go. Thank you, Kayla said, climbing from the tuk-tuk. The tuk-tuk driver shook his head as if to say, just another stupid tourist getting into trouble. The driver spun the tuk-tuk around and disappeared back in the direction they'd come. Kayla ran towards the truck and ducked in behind one of the many overflowing dumpsters. As her eyes adjusted to the darkness, she saw movement beside the truck. As her eyes became more astute, she noticed two men emerge from the vehicle. The large thug Kayla had seen bundle the boy into the truck a few minutes before came first. He pulled a packet of cigarettes from his trousers and placed one between his lips. A match flared in the darkness, allowing Kayla a better view of his appearance. His clothes were stained and his fingers discoloured. He barked orders and another man shuffled out from beside the truck. While the men were looking the other way, Kayla scampered closer. She ducked in behind an oil drum, which reeked as though it were filled with sewage. Trying not to think about the contents of the drum, Kayla focused on the activity, which was now just 20 feet away. The big man shouted something in a language Kayla didn't understand. The smaller man stepped up to the truck and opened the rear doors. The rusted hinges screeched. Kayla leaned from her hiding place to improve her view. A light in the back of the truck snapped on. Sickness rose in Kayla's throat. The truck contained at least 12 children. Each of them gazed out with hungry, pain-ridden eyes. The big man bellowed into the truck and the children reluctantly shuffled forwards. The brute then held out a hand the size of a T-bone steak. The first child, a girl who couldn't be any older than ten, placed a few coins into the man's hand. The thug looked into his palm and nodded. The girl shuffled away and disappeared inside the building. It was clear to Kayla that the girl knew where she was going. She had probably been here many times before. The man stashed the coins in his pocket and beckoned the next child forward. The child climbed out of the truck and dropped a few more coins into the thug's palm. Again, the man nodded and the child shuffled away. Bile rose in Kayla's throat. These children were being forced to beg. They were kept in poverty for the benefit of this disgusting man and his organisation. When it looked as though all of the children were out of the truck, the big man bellowed again. The smaller man climbed up into the back of the truck and disappeared in the gloom. He emerged a moment later, dragging a young boy by the arm. Rahul. Rahul struggled against his captor but was easily overpowered. He was forced from the truck and stood in front of the boss. Rahul tried to struggle but the smaller man held him firm. The boss man held out his hand. Rahul removed a solitary coin from his pocket and dropped it into the boss man's hand. Good boy, Kayla said, finding the boy's refusal to give up the money she had given him seriously impressive. In one swift movement, the big man's hand became a fist and then crashed into Rahul's stomach. 
Rahul bent over, wheezing and gasping. Kayla fought the compulsion to go over there right now. Grown men who beat up children were cowards, and she would take them on all day long. The smaller man straightened Rahul up. The boss man forced his hands inside Rahul's pockets and pulled out the small bundle of notes Kayla had given him. The boss man glared at the notes and then Rahul, then commanded the smaller man to drag Rahul inside. The boss man glanced around the street as though checking that no one was nearby. Kayla pulled herself in further behind the oil drum. When the boss man was satisfied that the street was empty, he lumbered inside. Kayla stood up and faced the crumbling building. She'd read about humans doing abhorrent things to those who couldn't fight back, but seeing it for herself was something different altogether. Rage pounded through each sense and synapse and sinew. Thanks so much for joining me for part two of Slumdog Escape by me, Luke Richardson and Stephen Moore. Please make sure you are liking, subscribing and sharing this podcast if you've enjoyed it. It helps us reach new people and please make sure you're back, you return to hear part three when the story concludes and we find out whether Kayla manages to rescue Rahul. Thank you again and I'll see you soon for another episode of the Thriller Vault podcast. 